naked and unafraid. Naked and unafraid. Has anybody seen this uh, this TV program? Anybody seen this TV show before? All three of you. That's that's just great. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. That's all good. It's it's on it's on the Discovery it's on the Discovery Channel. And uh, when I when I discovered this program, uh, it's been well over a year ago now. I was intrigued by this program. If, if, I'll just kind of catch you up, and you'll understand why I couldn't actually show a clip from the program. Uh, it, it, it's a survival show, and it is literally naked and afraid is the, is the name of the program. And it's a man and woman that they take out individually. They don't know each other. They're strangers. Uh, they take the man somewhere over here. They take the lady somewhere over there. And uh, they have to strip naked. They start blurring out parts immediately. So you see nothing. Amen is PG. Uh, so they, they start blurring and digitizing everything. And then they have to meet up somewhere in the woods. So they meet a total stranger for the first time. Buck naked, looking at somebody. Say, Hi, how are you? I, well, my name is so and so, and I'm naked right now. That that's got to be awkward. I can't even go down that road. But they meet for the first time, and their goal is to now survive for 21 days out in the middle of whether it's the Amazon. Uh, they've gone all over the world, but they're in a jungle. They have to deal with the nighttime stuff, mosquitoes biting in places that they should never bite. Uh, they have to make fire. They've got to find food. They've got to get some water. They've got to put it all together. They are surviving. And the goal is hang out, do this for 21 days, and uh, we will survive together. That's, that's, what, they bring, that's what they bring to the, to the, uh, to the table. Interesting story, interesting uh, show. My wife doesn't like it a bit, but I think it's kind of intriguing because she can't take her high heels out there and it just wouldn't work for her. So anyway, that's, that's how that rolls. It's kind of interesting because this storyline, actually, we find it in, in, in the Bible. Like, it's like the story, like, just from jump, Genesis jumps right into two people showing up naked and they got to deal with life together and so naked and Afraid or naked and unafraid? Let's look at this. Genesis chapter 2 is where I'll be reading from. It says this, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Now, to get to this point, you start to read ahead of, uh, before this, you see God creating everything. The sun, the moon, the stars, the trees, uh, the, the, the sea life and, and uh, the whales and the dolphins, he's got all that. Then he moves to the land in day five and he starts creating animals. And, and then in the end of day six, uh, he is, he, he's, a, uh, he's creating man in day six. Day seven, he creates the Sabbath. Hey, rest. And so that, that's kind of how, how creation goes. It's in day five where man is created, and he makes man first. And he realizes, man, this guy is jacked up. Uh, he can't even pay attention. He needs a woman to help us. So he pulls Eve out of his side and brings her on. And, and Adam, you got to understand, all he'd ever seen was hippopotamuses and, and like giraffes. And so Eve is there and goes, whoa, man. And so that's where a woman comes from. And so kind of all that goes together, right? Really a dad joke, really, really bad. But anyway, that, that's kind of how it's all coming together. But the Bible says that Adam and Eve, when they came together, they were naked and no, felt no shame. They felt no shame. They were unafraid. You see, this is interesting that both of these phrases are put together in the Scripture that God knew. God knew this needs to be in the Word because these two things are in direct conflict. How can you be naked and feel no shame, not be embarrassed, not feel that ugh, 
it was critical that God put it in here so we understand that we are to be living this way. It, it, let me show you what I'm talking about. Naked means to be exposed. It, it means to be vulnerable, to be uncovered. This is just me and all my glory uh, in, a, in a physical sense, but even more than physical, what about you see me with all of my flaws? You see me with all of my weaknesses. You see me with my private time and my public time. There is nothing that's hidden from anybody. Naked and no shame. No shame because I feel secure, accepted, safe. I'm not being judged. I'm not being condemned. You, even though you see those parts of me that I don't like, you don't treat me any different. You love me. You embrace me. There's something about that. It's, it's really weird that I can be naked and feel no shame. Man, what an atmosphere that must be. What kind of love must be existing in that world? That's crazy. I've got total peace in spite of my issues. No fear, no embarrassment, no shame. I, I feel love, accepted, at peace. And Adam and Eve said we felt this because we were in perfect alignment with God. Can you imagine your life in perfect alignment with God? Thinking God's thoughts, doing marriage God's way, handling your money God's way, raising kids God's way, dealing with that situation at work God's way, having the wisdom, the leadership, the direction of God. That's exactly what they had. There was nothing in the way. And then things got a little crazy. Here's where things get really interesting. God says, okay, Adam and Eve, naked, feel no shame. Loving that. Naked and unafraid. It's all good. Now, i got some rules for you. If you're going to live in this garden, here's how it goes down. You can eat anything you want in the place. They got a Chick-fil-A down there. They, they got Applebee's over there. They got Cracker Barrel there, Denny's. About, you can eat anywhere. But the only thing you can't do is eat from this one tree right here. Leave this tree alone. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Leave that tree alone. Now, how do you know, as soon as God says, do not touch or eat that tree, do you immediately want to do? I want to go hang out at that tree and see if anything will fall off that tree so I can eat off of that tree. You know that's the way we're wired. You are too. I, we, we talked before about this. You know if you're walking through the city and you walk up to a building and they have a sign that says wet paint do not touch. How many walk around with a little bit of paint on your finger for the rest of the day because you just had to check it out and see, oh, I wonder if it's really, I don't know, oh, amen, amen. You, 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 know, you know we do. When they put limits on us, it just kind of bothers us. How many of you know the speed limit is 70? <laughs> Something about that. You, have, you haven't driven below 70 in one day of your life. You know what I'm talking about. It's like, are you serious? When the limitations are placed there, there's something about it inside of us that begins to push back. It's kind of crazy how that works. God said, don't eat of that. And so what happens? We know the story that the serpent comes into the garden and he begins to mess with Eve. Starts talking to Eve and starts saying, nah, he goes, did God really say? You see, the first thing, the first attack that you and I deal with in our walk with Christ is when we start to question what God's word actually is for our life. Did God really say I have to do it this way? Did he really mean this? I mean, can't I do this and it be okay? I can live this way. Well, they do it, so why don't I? And we start to look at our world and begin to assess what I can and can't do. I know God said this, but maybe there's a way I can do this. It was so interesting. The serpent, when he came in, the enemy did not come in and get Adam and Eve to deny God's existence. What the goal of the enemy was to twist God's words. Because if I can mess with what God said, you'll suffer the consequences and God will catch the blame. 
This is exactly what the enemy begins to do. He said, don't curse God. I just think you should get your way. How many of you enjoy getting your own way? Please raise your hand right now. Do not lie in church. God is watching. Yeah, you watching online need to raise a hand or something right there. That's all of us. That's all of us. We, we all enjoy just kind of trying to get our own way, and we have to be so careful what we begin to do with God's Word. In fact, it's interesting. Rabbis tell us that the word knowledge, for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the word knowledge also has a root word that comes from, that, that means to mix or to combine. In other words, God said, I don't want you to get good at trying to mix good and evil together and think you've got your life set up. I need you to stay pure with my word. Don't do it your way and, and, and try to sign my name to it. It's, it's like cherry-picking scriptures out of the Bible to try to qualify my lifestyle. I'm going to skip that, skip that, skip that. But, oh, this is a good one right here. Amen. Usually it's the highlighted parts. You get yourself in trouble that way. It's like the preacher who was going to go and, and, and visit the newlywed couple for the first time. They, they had just been married, and he thought, I'll just drop by and just pay him a visit at the house. And he, he goes by the house, and he knocks on the door, knocks on the door, no one answers. And he thought, well, I'll, just, I'll do something cute. And so he got a card out, and he wrote on the, on the card, he said, uh, uh, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will come and answer the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. He's quoting scripture to them, right? And he leaves the little, the little thing on, on the door. And, uh, and, and it, it was cute, and he kind of walked off well by the time he got home he had a voicemail back at his house and it was the the newlywed couple uh, that actually called left him a voicemail and and the newlywed couple uh, said this they said um, we were naked and we hid as it were ourselves from you Never mind, you'll get that later. You, you, you can quote scripture here and there and try to make it all say what you want, but you get yourself in trouble. I get myself in trouble if I'm just trying to live off of one verse and not the totality of God's word. And that's what, that's what they begin to do. They begin to work this. And here's what's interesting. When we begin to do that, we start living off of things called my truth. Well, that's my truth. Well, I, that's, I, I don't see it the way you see it, so I'm just going to live my truth, do it my way. And the moment you start getting your own truth or actually believing that you get to have your own truth is the moment that we start going backwards in life. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, you can't go north and south and get to the same place. There is a truth. There is the truth. There is not multiple truths. I don't get to sign it up just because it feels good to me. In fact, the truth I need to hear sometimes is the truth that I don't want to hear, but it's going to be the best for my life. We've got to hear the truth so we don't live in relativism. We don't get into religion. Well, I don't see it that way. I'm going to do it this way. And we get a mess in our world. If we can stop mixing good and evil, we start to live the pureness of God's word. And it might hurt in the beginning, but it's going to produce the blessing for us in the long term. We've got to do it God's way way. Interesting enough, when they did, they ate the apple, they got apple juice running down their arms, the Bible says they immediately realized we're naked. The immediate effect of eating, of disobeying, of twisting God's word, the immediate effect was no longer are we naked and unashamed, now I feel shame. I, I see my nakedness. I see your nakedness. Now we have issues we got to deal with. You see, here's, here's what I want you to understand. I'm going somewhere, so just hold on with me. Disobedience and sin, they produce guilt and shame. I'm talking from experience. I know what it is to jack up God's will, to do things that I knew was wrong, but I did it anyway because it felt so good. How many of y'all know it feels good to do wrong sometimes? 
Oh, see, some of y'all go raise your hand for nothing. That's all right. I'm talking to you. If you couldn't raise your hand, I'm really talking to you right now. Uh, the Bible says that, that sin is fun for a season, that it, it appeals to us for a season. Going against God's word, twisting his word feels good to me in the moment. That's exactly what happens. But, but I want you to understand that guilt and shame, when they're produced, they're not the same thing. You see, guilt is when I damage someone else. Shame is when I believe I'm damaged. Guilt is when I've done something to let someone down or I didn't follow through and I didn't get that done. I carry guilt because I didn't do that. But shame is at a whole other level, ladies and gentlemen. Shame is when all of a sudden I have consigned myself, my belief system, how I think in my head about me has gone to the degree that I don't deserve love and I don't deserve acceptance and I am beyond being rescued. God is done with me and we look at ourselves, we downgrade our own worlds. I'm unlovable. I'm inferior. I have no worth. And this is what I want to talk to you about today because shame is crippling. And it is a, it's, a, it's a weapon that the enemy uses to come after your mind and mine. No one in this room, nobody watching online is exempt from the attack, from the target, from the shot of shame that hell will shoot at you and me to try to debilitate and cripple your life and mine. Have you ever been embarrassed before? Oh, me too. I know what it is to go to lunch, try to order and eat healthy. Only to have a big lunch and enjoy the whole time together. An hour and a half later, go back to my car, get in, and realize I've got the biggest chunk of broccoli sitting right there. And no one at the table had, had, had the audacity, the kindness the, to say, hey, can you, can you do something with that? I've got a tree sticking out of my tooth, and I'm just smiling and just talking to everybody, you know. And everyone saw it. Every, you, you can't deny that. It's going to poke someone's eye out. But you didn't say nothing. And now I'm sitting in my truck going, oh, my God. And I'm thinking back over the whole conversation, how long. I've preached with my zipper down before. That is a horrible thought. It's like, oh, man, why didn't the war? Seriously. I mean, you know, that's embarrassing. Oh, you don't believe me? Just try it. I'm just telling you, it's embarrassing. Of course it is. That's a social mistake. That's not what I'm talking about here. We've all been embarrassed. That comes and it goes with time. Then we start laughing at it. Then we use it in sermons. Shame comes because of failure, and I start to devalue myself. I have so related with my behavior my value and behavior are connected. And now I'm not able to do anything that doesn't reflect my value. And so because I failed them, I'm also a failure. And because I dropped them, they will also drop me. I'm not worth catching. And we begin to live in a lower state. You see, shame is a weapon, and I want you to understand how it works, how it works against you, how it works against me. We're made this way in our heart, mind, and spirit. Listen to me, what I'm telling you about. We all have weaknesses, but here's what happens. My weaknesses fail the expectation of other people. I don't meet their standards. But here's what happens when I fail. Now my pride refuses to repent for the failure. And it starts fighting to defend my weakness. And so my shame is produced by my pride that's protecting my weaknesses. As if I don't have any. Is anybody in this room shocked when somebody makes a mistake? Is there anybody you know that lives perfect? Is there anybody you know that always has it 
all together. They wake up, every hair is in place. They never have morning breath. I mean, they just all, the right attitude all the time. I didn't, just look at your neighbor and don't say a word. That's all you got to do right there. You online, you can do it. Yeah, not, not, we don't know anybody who lives at that level. But we still defend ourselves and fight to try to prove who I am. Prove that I'm not a failure. Prove that I'm okay. We're fighting with, we start to judge other people. That is pride in our life trying to defend a weakness. I'm judging you. I'm now, I'm now in the process where I'm denying that it was my fault. I, I'm, 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 I'm sidestepping this thing. I start to make excuses about my life because I want to be good enough. I want to be accepted. And if I showed my weakness, you might not receive me or keep me on the level that I'm trying to fight for. So my pride is protecting my weakness and it's becoming shame. And shame now is dangerous and damaging because we can't live naked and unafraid if I'm devalued, dishonored, and disgraced. Because now shame is hiding me from people that I love and shame makes me hide from the God that I love. And I can't even receive from him anymore because I'm pushing back. I'm running from him. That's exactly what happened in the story. Adam and Eve, they bit the apple. They were like, bam, we're naked. Oh, my God. There's nothing blurred out either. I'm mean, like, I'm seeing you and like, oh, my God, you got to do something about it. Look, oh, my, look at me. And the Bible says they ran and hid. Why? Because God was coming. God comes walking through the garden. Oh, Adam, where are you, Adam? How do you know when God asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer? Yeah, you understand? He, he kind of knows what's going on. And if God asks where you are, it's not because he lost you. He just wants you to admit where you are. Adam didn't do it. Adam's just hiding. He just And God just walks right up on him. Adam, what are you doing? Adam said, I'm, 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 I'm hiding. Not very good, but I'm hiding. Why are you hiding? Because I'm naked. Who told you you were naked? Well, when we bit that apple, everything changed. And the Bible says that Adam and Eve sewed fig leaves to make a skirt to hide their nakedness. What's really interesting about the choice of words that are used in your Bible, fig, in the Hebrew, the rabbis tell us that the root word for fig is the same root word for excuse. They literally sewed excuses around themselves. Hiding from God, covering myself in excuses because God said, why did you eat that apple? What, what was Adam's response? That woman you gave me. She'd been watching Housewives of Orange County and, I, they, and that, that, that thing, you, that, that God goes to Eve. Eve, mm -mm, it was that snake, it wasn't me. All of a sudden they go into the blame game. They ran from God. Watch, when, when their eyes were open and shame hit their life, they lost all of this. We're walking with God. We know God naked and unafraid, unashamed, confident, secure, loving him, loving each other. Man, this is living. We took God's word. We twisted it to make life fit me. Now I realize, uh-oh, something is wrong. Something is not right. I'm feeling this guilt. My pride is going to hide the guilt because I can't let my weaknesses show. So I've got to make sure everyone knows that I'm all of this and I'm strong. And so now I'm being buried in shame. Shame is growing in my life. What does it make me do? I'm running from God. I'm covering myself in excuses. I'm 
blaming other people. I'm keeping score. I'm judging. I'm condemning everybody around me because I can't relate with that because if it ever comes back to me, it's going to actually prove what I'm afraid of. This is exactly the scenario going down. They're living a cover-up. They're hiding and they're blaming. You see, this wasn't God's plan for Adam and Eve. I'm, I'm, I'm coming to the end right here. It, this, wasn't, this wasn't God's plan for Adam and Eve, and it's not his plan for your life or my life. Watch this. Don't miss this. The only antidote that God had for that situation we see later in that chapter after Eve blames the snake and God goes, man, you all have made a mess of this. This was not my plan. Here's exactly what God said. He went and he made them garments, clothes of animal skins. It's the first place in the Bible where we see animal sacrifice for the sin of people. He stripped off their excuses. The fig leaves fell. He took an animal skin, warm, wrapped around their bare skin body, still dripping in blood, and there they are now covered. Something had to die to deal with their sin. This is the first foreshadowing we have of Jesus who was going to die on a cross for you and me. That there was going to be sin and shame and twisted words and all kinds of things that we had messed up, decisions we made that we wish we would have never made in our life. And we're walking with it, we're making excuses, we're running from God, we're blaming people, trying to make sure that I'm okay the whole time. Shame is growing deeper and deeper in my life, only to have God walk right up in my world, call out my excuses, remind me that he loves me, take blame off my life, and then he gives me this forgiveness, he gives me this joy, he sends his son, he who knew no sin became sin that I would become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus he sends his son to be the lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world Jesus steps on the scene and from Genesis 3 all the way now into the New Testament we see Jesus the one coming on to cover your sins to cover my sins to remove them from our life and remove and replace the excuses I don't have to make excuses anymore because I have a savior that has covered me I am covered by the love and the power of Jesus Christ that's what salvation does we see this whole thing happening here. That's why Romans chapter 10 verse 11 says this. Everyone who believes in Jesus will not be put to shame. Say that with me. Will not be put to shame. Say it again. Will not be put to shame. If you believe in Jesus, there will, you will not be put to shame. There's no shame coming to your life. You see, guilt and conviction are good in our world. Whenever we do something wrong, when we've violated God's word, when we've hurt somebody else around us, we should feel a conviction. We should feel a pain that should lead us back to a place of repentance. I messed up. I'm sorry. In fact, the word repentance actually just means to repair a relationship. I'm coming back to repair what I broke. I'm sorry. I love you and I want to fix this. That's exactly what guilt and, con and, and conviction should do in our life. But shame leads to disgrace. And don't say disgrace too fast because you'll run right past it and miss what it means. I will run right past. I will dis God's grace in my life. I will push back on his grace. I will reject his grace. I will say no to his grace. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't afford to live our lives without grace. Without grace, life doesn't work. What is grace? Grace is that undeserved love and favor of God. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. He's coming at you fierce. 
the Bible actually says where sin does abound, where sin is powerful, grace does that much more abound. In other words, your sin, you can never outsend God's grace in your life. God's grace is ferocious. God's grace is not a cute little teddy bear sitting in the corner waiting to be petted. God's grace has teeth. It is ferocious. It's hunting down. It is roaring. It is looking. And it's coming after you because God knows that he can't leave you in a condition where you believe the lie that shame is taking up root in your heart. It's got to come out and it's got to come out now because if the roots go deep, it will wrap like an octopus. The tentacles will go around you and hold your mind hostage hold your spirit hostage and you'll actually believe that your value is linked to your behavior but Jesus said I died to get the shame off of your life anybody who receives me they will walk in no shame I came to break it so here's what I came to tell you no longer shame on you it's shame on the cross Jesus took my shame away I live shame free I live naked and unafraid I've got nothing to fear because my goal is not to impress people my goal is to serve and love and honor him and as long as the one that I'm after sees me loves me and is for me everything is going to be all right that's why Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says this Jesus endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God when Jesus went to the cross not only did he die for your sins he went to the cross to die for your shame there's no longer shame on you it's shame on the cross when people try to say all oh, shame 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 no shame is on me shame is on the cross that mess died with Jesus I wasn't made to live with shame I wasn't made to carry shame shame will bury me shame will consume my mind shame will engulf my joy I'll lose my future I have no hope but now that shame was nailed to the cross now that I'm aware that when I'm in Christ Jesus I am forgiven I am right with him shame is on him grace is on me now there's no longer disgrace but I'm living covered in grace every day of my life that's what Jesus Jesus does to get the shame off and put the grace on that is his goal for your life and then God goes and he takes one more step that just blows my mind if I can use that he says this not because of all the hell you've been through because of what shame drug you through because of the years that you walked embarrassed by your reputation embarrassed by your past things that you had done people that you were with and what you had said and done and how it went public and everyone thinks this way folks walked away from you there was a stain supposedly applied to your life because you've been through all of that hell here's what he said in Isaiah 61 7 instead of your shame you will receive a double portion and instead of disgrace you will rejoice in your inheritance and so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours here's what God's Word said I'm gonna give you double for your trouble all the mess you've been through, all the pain you endured, all the shame on your life, I'm going to take it and I'm turning this thing around. I'm going to rip it off of your life. It doesn't belong on you. I'm sending it back to hell where it came from. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. I love you with an everlasting love. I'm absolutely wild and crazy about you. Your future is still in full effect. I'm coming after you. I'm for you, not against you. I'm not your enemy. I'm your savior. I'm the one who's got you covered. I'm the one giving you grace. 
I'm the one who's building you back up. I'm the one who's telling you that the enemy has been lying to you for a long time. Shame is gone. Grace is here. Let's get up. Let's live. Let's laugh. Let's get back to everything I called you to do. This is the best day of your life. And now here comes double for your trouble. Everything that made you cry, it's now going to make you laugh. Whatever stole money from you, it's got to give resources back. The joy that you lost, I'm bringing it back with an overflow. Opportunity that left your life, it's coming from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Your family is going to raise up and laugh again. There's going to be healing in your life. The confidence is coming back. The joy is coming back. And you're going to realize, but for the grace of God, where would I be? I'll give him praise for the rest of my life because only Jesus could cover me with his grace this way. God is good and life is good because the shame is gone and grace is here. Double for your trouble. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. It's not over. You're better than what you're giving yourself credit for right now. Stop it. You're so heavy and hard on yourself and you're blaming and you're trying to own and carry. You can't carry the shame long enough to eventually pay the price and it leave. It's only going to get stronger the longer you carry it. The thing that you privately cry over, he's aware of it. Where are you, Adam? Where are you, Eve? I'm, I'm hiding. I understand you had to hide from people, but you don't have to hide from me. I saw it the whole time, and I still love you with an everlasting love. But, but, I, but I jacked this thing up, but it never jacked up my plan for your life. It's still in full effect. But, but you don't know what I've done. Oh, you must have forgotten what I've done. I died for everything you're complaining about right now. And everything that you think was on you, the price has already been paid 2,000 years ago. You are free and clear. The receipt is in your hand. It's been stamped, paid in full. Now stand up, square your shoulders, breathe deep, and get your laugh back again. Because grace is abounding in your life. This is his word. You're not going under, you're going over. But listen to me. The only way for this to fully take effect, I want you to hear me today. Because all I can do is lay it out and describe it. But if you and I, as men and women, we don't say, I'm owning this. I'm coming out. I'm dropping the excuses. I'm not hiding anymore. I'm going to actually step out and admit my weakness was in effect in that situation. What I did and who I am are two different people, but I did do this. And in order to break the mentality of who I am, if I go back and if I get this covered, then all of a sudden it heals that. So I'm going to come clean and say, I did it. I'm going to expose my weakness before God. Why would you do that? Because when I am weak, He is strong. It's the strength of His grace that covers my weakness. But I've got to admit my weakness because if I don't admit it, I'm pushing back with pride. God says there's something in the way. Let me in. I'll fix it. I'll heal it. I'll restore it. Today, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you're in this room right now and you say, Pastor, I'm ready to break shame off my life. I've been through some things that I hate. I'm tired of carrying this thing with me. It might have been days. It might have been weeks, months. It could be years. But you're ready for it to end. You're ready for freedom. 
I want you to meet me right down here in this altar right now. I want you to get out of your seat. I want you to come meet me right here. We're going to pray, and we're going to ask God to take this off of your life. It's too heavy. You weren't meant to carry it. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's all good. You're not admitting to anything crazy. All you're saying is, I need God's grace. I need his forgiveness. I need his healing. That's what you're saying. You've never stood stronger in your life than when you stepped out and said, I'm coming for him. I'm giving it to him. This, this is where you, this is where, this is 2.0 for your life. Dudes need this. Ladies need this. It doesn't matter who you are. None of us are exempt. I've made this walk so many times. In fact, I want you to listen to me. You that are down here right now, understand this. Last night while I was working on this, late last night, I found myself under conviction and I found myself right here going, oh God, I need this message for me. Because none of us are exempt from this. We all need that grace flooding our lives. I don't know what you've been through. And I don't know what's caused the shame. And I'm here to tell you, quite honestly, I don't care. Because heaven today is going to lift it off of your life. You've taken a step towards him. And there's nothing to hide from. There's no reputation. There's no past you need to be afraid of or ashamed of anymore. It is over. It's gone free. Joy, healing, wholeness. God is crazy about you. He thinks you're worth all of this. You're going to experience that today. I'm going to ask you that are in the auditorium, if you just bow your heads, we're going to pray up here. You watching online, you might need to kind of lift a hand and say, I'm responding to this right now as well. You can do that online. We'll pray with you too. But I want us to pray in this room. I'm going to pray for you, but I want you praying for yourself. And I want you to pray, you that are in this altar, I want you to pray something like this. Lord, I'm admitting, I'm coming open. I'm admitting I need you. Forgive me. I'm repairing this relationship. Everything I've been through, I'm letting it go. The shame is coming off of my life. I receive your grace. I want you to pray something along that line. I want you to pray it. I want you to, I'm going to ask you to pray it out loud. You need to hear yourself pray this. You need to hear yourself say these words. You need to forgive yourself. Let this go. Get it off your back because this thing will go deeper and deeper. Today it's broken. We break the tentacles of it. In fact, in the name of Jesus, I speak over your life. Begin to pray all in this room. In the name of Jesus, I speak over hearts, minds, marriages, lives right now emotions that have been so bound up, so held captive by the lie of the past, the lie, the mistake, the breakdown of the past. We've all been there, God. But Lord, when it's gone past guilt and it's gone into shame, now it's holding me hostage. I can't laugh the way I'm supposed to laugh. I can't decide the way I'm supposed to decide. I, I can't move the way I should. And I am declaring war on this today. The shame is broken today. The shame ends today. I don't care what has been said about me. I don't care what the reputation was was in the past it is over it is done it's in the past grace is flowing to my life in fact grace is flooding my life right now it's flooding my mind grace is flooding my heart it's flooding my past it's washing it away I've got a brand new start a new mind a new heart a new joy a new peace and I'm calling in the resource of heaven because you said I would have double for my trouble so I'm declaring from the north south east and west a healing is going to flow a 
healing flows. Joy comes again. Laughter comes again. Repairing relationships comes again. You're not taking me to a pasture, moving me into my future. I declare this day is a new day in my life. I'm forgiven. I'm healed. I'm worthy of this because of what Jesus did for me. No more scorecard. No th- nothing holding me in the past. Today, it's canceled. The debt has been paid, and I'm moving forward. My past is over. My my future is here, and today is a new day in Jesus. I speak that. I declare that in the name of Jesus over every man and woman standing here right now. I break the lie of the enemy, and I decree that shame is gone, that healing flows, that as we come honest and we show our weaknesses to God, his strength becomes alive in your life. This day is a new day. You watching online, I'm speaking over you as well. It's a new day. The shame is gone. The shame is gone. That I cancel it. It's done. The debt is over. And today, the grace of Jesus covers your life. And now there's double for your trouble. Everything you've been through, hell has got to pay back. I declare that today over your life, over your mind, over your home, over your finances, over your health, over your job, over your career, over your children, over your legacy, over your future. It's a new day today. It's a new day in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Can you put your hands together as if the delete button has just been hit on everything in the past? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Just just a few minutes more. If you knew what kind of hell people had been through, what we were carrying, we could just thank heaven for a couple more moments for deleting the past and deleting that pain and deleting all of that burden. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I like this chorus they're playing. I want us to sing this together. Can you help me? Jenny, where are you? Let's sing this chorus together. Come on. This is a good one. Sing this over yourself. He loves us. Oh, sing this. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us so. sing this, speak this over yourself. Oh, he loves us so. Let's make it personal. Me. Oh, everybody sing. Oh, how he loves me. How he loves me. Oh, come on, sing that. Oh, how he loves me. Yes, he does. How he loves me. So one last time, one last time, everybody declare this over your life. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thanks for your mercy. Thanks for never giving up on us. Thank you for your voice. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your passion for our lives, for our future, for our home. We receive it today. Thank you that you're strong enough to carry everything in our life. We worship you today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 One more time. Put those hands together if you just love him. 
Thank you. You can go back to your seats. God bless you. God bless you.